0: Okay, it says preparing, preparing to go live. And here we go.
1: All right. We live. We're live. Greetings. Greetings. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Starry Alignment. My name is Stephanie Catalano, and I'm here with my dearest friend, Alula Rose, to talk to you about the Cancer full moon and all the transits leading up to the Aquarius new moon. And if you're new to this podcast, this is where we dive deep into the astrology transits and really get comfortable. So um, if you're listening live, let us know where you're tuning in from. We're on YouTube right now live. And if you're listening to the recording, we still invite you to get comfortable, pour some tea. Um, I'm sitting on the floor. It looks like Alula's chilling in her couch. Um, But yeah, we love to make this an opportunity for us to look at the astrology together and explore the sacred rhythm between Mother Earth and Father sky. So I'm super glad to have you here today. Lula it's such a blessing to enter dialogue and not just talk to myself or anyone in the chat. so uh, thank you so much for being here.
0: Yeah thank you.
1: I also just wanted to add something you and I talked about
0: the other day like for any um, anyone that's a little bit newer to astrology, not to worry so much about like, Honing in and dissecting exactly what everything means on a, I guess like a, a scientific level, you could say, and just that we want to really just celebrate what this is, like you said, Stevie Stephanie, mm-hmm. like a gathering um, of dialogue and communication, and just letting the intention and the messages that come through for the transits, um, focusing on that rather than trying to like hyper fixate on what it all necessarily means
1: yeah um astrology is a language and just like any language when you start to begin to explore it you find that you can formulate a sentence in a million different ways so we're going to look at the symbols and we're going to talk about our own interpretations and also like ask questions to leave you in a space where you get to be self-reflective so if you're really new and you find that some of this is um maybe overwhelming or you want to go deeper, uh, I would love to offer the opportunity to do a reading with us. I actually met a listener of the podcast at a local farmer's market and she was like, oh my God, like so much of this is really over my head. I feel like I'm so new and um, I'm going to be offering courses here in this beautiful studio in Pawtucket, Rhode Island in person. So if you're local, come study with us. But if not, uh, Alula and I do offer private readings, and we would love to guide you through understanding your own birth chart and the nations um, one-on-one. So we're not really here to give too much of a pitch. We just want to make everyone feel comfortable. And um, yeah, we're going to dive into the astrology. Um, I just have to pull up the chart. So Lula, I'm just going to pass it to you because I know that you are looking into a lot of what's coming up Um there's a couple transits I'm really excited about, but are there any particular ones that are standing out to you?
0: Yeah, I know you and I were kind of squeaking with joy together, <laughs> literally, about this evening at about 9.09 p.m. Venus entering Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to be just a really nice shift for me personally. It's coming out of my 12th house and into my first. So I'm just excited to feel more social and coming out of my shell, so to speak. But I think for everyone, there's a little bit of that sensation of opening into the Aquarian, like feelings of community and gathering and innovation and just um, really finding ways to level up in our beauty and our bounty and our value and our connections.
1: Oh yeah. I'm really excited for Venus to move into Aquarius too. Um, I just had my Venus return and last time i had my venus return last year we had venus retrograde in capricorn so it feels like really nice to come out of my venus return and also the studio is going to be opening um on the new moon in aquarius with the moon conjunct venus and i believe mercury so um it seems like anything that's related to like aquarian vibes especially this is one of the last lunations we're going to experience with uh saturn in aquarius so we're all just like coming to a big head when it comes to the kinds of communities we want to be a part of and um really what we believe and how we embody that in the world so venus and aquarius is kind of like going to allow us to connect in our relationships in a little bit more of an eclectic way and Mars is also turning direct, which is um, gonna help us a lot with making moves. It might have felt like the last couple months has been kind of slow, um, but that's gonna help a lot. So I have the chart up ready and I'm gonna share my screen. Great. I think Alula, if you can make me the host, I can share my screen. There we go. Okay, and you see in the top left-hand corner live, right? Yeah, we're good. Okay, because I don't. I just wanted to make sure because yeah. I don't see it and I don't, you know, that would kind of stink to just be talking to ourselves. So here's the full moon in Cancer. Um, and just so you guys know, this episode, we're pretty much just going to be dissecting this full moon in Cancer, giving you some tips around how to prepare for it and wh- how it might be affecting you. And we'll be talking about a lot of the... Um, intricacies of this full moon and what it means for the collective and then we'll look into some of the major transits coming into the phases before the new moon so this is a moon with the moon and its exaltation or you know and its domicile let me see if i can pull up the dignities no this app doesn't let me do dignities but essentially um, the planets have places in the chart where they are strongest and with the moon and its home sign of Cancer, this is a really powerful full moon that we get right at the start of the year. Um, the moon is alone in its sign and there are a couple planets built up in Capricorn um, along with Mercury um, conjunct the sun. Um, I know that Mercury's Kazemi is the next day, right, Alula?
0: Yeah, 7.57 a.m. on the next morning, Saturday.
1: Yeah, so this is a full moon with like a near Mercury Kazemi. This is going to be happening Friday, January 6th uh, at 6.07pm Eastern Time. So when Mercury is conjunct the sun, um, this is a time when things around communication can be clarified or rethought or um, re-envisioned. So anything that is related to business or um, structures, systems, commitment, you might find that over the next couple of days, and under this full moon, that there's um, something that's changing something that's uh, coming to a sense of completion, but at the same time, a lot of readjusting, like I know in this studio, I've moved it around many, many times, had many things in here, um, many visions for what it's going to be. And it finally feels like it's coming to completion. But under this full moon, there's a lot of things that still need to be Um, put into place, especially systematically, so that everything runs smoothly. So I might say that um, under this full moon, if you have a business or if just in your day to day life, if you can create things that allow you to be streamlined in your commitment, I even know for me, there's some supplements I want to take with just um, greater ease for myself so that I know in the future, like I won't experience some of the symptoms that I suffer from. Um, And Capricorn really teaches us to pay attention to um, what will give us good or bad karma over the long term. So our minds are really working under this full moon um, to kind of sync up with what we're feeling, full moon in cancer, uh, which rules like our, our feelings, right? The moon is an exemplar exemplary Um, object that helps us to see it in a reflectory form, how we're feeling. And with the moon full, there's a lot of emotions, a lot of energy being built up. I think that this is gonna feel like a a mini version of like the new year coming to a culmination.
0: Yeah, well said. Um, Building off of that too, it's interesting. It's it's a little bit of a wide orb, but it's there, it's four degrees. Um, But yeah, the sun and moon T-squaring Chiron and Aries, I think is gonna be interesting in terms of like, I think with Aries energy and with Chiron there, it's sort of, I think the question being posed is like, is this shortcut actually um, just an accelerated track or is this shortcut like a disservice to the foundation of what I'm building and the integrity of it?
1: Yeah, or like what I think of too is um, certain things that we would think Are going to help us on our healing path like you referred to maybe as a shortcut like is this actually helpful for me we have to kind of face ourselves in the ways that we've been choosing to heal ourselves and maybe rethink that um challenge it a bit i know that on the last episode we were talking about how um capricorn season is ruled by saturn and saturn rules particular plants cannabis and hemp being one of them And um, just about two weeks ago, I came across some scientific research that was talking about how studies have shown that um, cannabis use is um, correlated to infertility. And I, like many other people, want to procreate, and I've never been able to procreate. (laughs) So even cannabis is something that I'm reconsidering as a healing tool for myself and how I use it, how frequently I use it even though it's something that i heal myself with and it's a tool within my toolbox. I'm also finding that by maybe referring to it in a different way, referring to it more of a spiritual way as a spiritual teacher versus like an active physical teacher. Um, I can still heal and replace, um, that medicine with others, potentially that can, can give me the results that I'm looking for. So I think that there's like a maturity that's coming out of this, especially on this access of Capricorn, um, squaring over to Chiron, it's like, how can we heal ourselves in a way that's, um, righteous because squares are ruled by Mars. They are the essence of going to war with ourselves. And there might be things that have been, you know, hurting you that have been difficult for you, especially in the realm of like what you're healing. And there might be frustration. Um, But I was just talking to my partner yesterday about frustrations about being alive and how actually difficult it is for us to survive and that we're born in a realm that we're just challenged, like we're here to be challenged. And I think the key is to recognize the gift and the challenge and to really never give up because it's when we give up that we essentially begin to like die and um, distract ourselves from the beauty of our life. So um when we go to war whether it's like physically or theoretically it's like not giving up and choosing the path of um you know what's what's going to give you the result that you're looking for so it's not always easy to face yourself but um definitely rewarding in the end yeah
0: yeah i think it's interesting too even just looking at like geometrically the two dimensional depiction of the t square like I'm pointing with my finger and I'm realizing you can't see me doing that. <laughs> but right. following like the sun and the moon <laughs> and then Chiron on top if you want to trace for me babe. Thank you. I can
1: see um, what you're going you. Okay, so say that again. You're saying the moon to Chiron? Yeah,
0: just just for people to um see like a physical awareness of the shape it's creating like this this big triangle. Um, it's just interesting looking at it geometrically, like speaking of, I think the word coming to mind is kind of crutch. Like, mm-hmm. is this a, uh, asking ourselves, are are there certain, like certain modalities, like you're saying with your personal experience with cannabis, like, is this, what was once healing? Has it now become a crutch? And then if the answer is yes, I think we can even dig a little deeper and say, is this a crutch I still need? Because in terms of keeping it real, like there have been certain things with myself that I'm just like, you know what? this crutch is kind of needed right now, or I could do it without it, but you know, certain, certain things, sometimes we just need an extra prop, an extra pillar of support. So, um, also letting that be okay. If sometimes some of our shadow is like, like pick and choose, you know, we don't always have to be so hard on ourselves either because Capricorn can be so serious with this attorney and energy. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, this this full moon is coming off of the the new moon in Capricorn. So two weeks ago, we had a new moon in Capricorn, and we talked a lot about like the significations of canc- uh, Capricorn season and what Capricorn represents. Um, so I think that this is also a culmination of like some of these goals that we've set for ourselves, some ex- new expectations that we've set for ourselves that are Saturnian in nature, like you were saying, and a lot of it is just learning to not find that balance of not being too hard on ourselves. And, but also having that level of commitment. I saw something on Instagram, um, her her tag is Maya Knight. And um, she said something that was really powerful And and that is that we cannot build the community that we want or the the village like many women like or we think about like it takes a village to grow a family right and it takes we want to build these new villages because due to colonialism and colonization um many of our village like support systems are um, not as strong as they could be and i think capricorn season helps us to kind of rebuild a lot of that back up mm-hmm. um but to build that village we need to be willing to like lean into challenges in relation to community and a lot of times when we reach out in the community or we extend ourselves and something happens that is uncomfortable we can like retract or recoil and I think that has a lot to do with the access of Capricorn and Cancer and Cancer being very sensitive very emotional um uh doesn't really want to be um Scared, like it gets easily scared if you think of a crab. Either the crab puts up a fight or the crab just like gets the hell out of there and, you know settles the fuck on out. <laughs> goes under the sand, you know, like hides under the sand. So um it was really inspiring for me because I think that like a post-COVID, a post um uh what's the word, the lockdown that we went into, isolation that we went into, and now we're in a new year. Um, we've got Jupiter in a new place. Um, we've got Venus in a new place starting on this full moon. Um, and Mars is about to turn direct, like a lot of us are are beginning to set forth on a journey that might feel like, well, I don't know if the people I connect with are going to feel the same way I do and feel very like emotional about that. But I think that's a, a universal thing. And um, just being honest about with each other, how we might be um experiencing that and and just being really forgiving be having good standards good boundaries not extending yourself too far it's a lot of balance but um i think sometimes we can just have super high standards with capricorn energy and and not allow ourselves to kind of flow and move with this beginning cardinal energy into the next phase and begin to fixate and begin to, you know, evolve into something new. So with this cardinal energy on this cardinal access, it really is important that we are open to new opportunities and um, not too stubborn or sensitive if things don't go exactly how we think, because we're dealing with other people. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also want to go back to what you were saying, like beautifully about building the communal structures and getting back to that the support of like a village type of lifestyle Um, I think with Chiron too it's it's kind of imperative that we do take that personal inventory of what individual needs are so that trickling everything down to the individual like that is really talking about pillars of support and literal construction like um, without that very specific personal insight we can't build Structures that are truly communally supportive. Um, it's nice too. I'm just seeing like the trine of Uranus and Taurus to the. I'm sorry, the Sun and Mercury, and then sextiling the Moon. Like that feels really nice and supportive. That once we get kind of that like initial inertia, which um, you're pointing to, Stephanie, with the the cardinal energy too. It's like that inertia is very supportive. I think by by Uranus. Um, once it's moving, it's just going to go, I think, <laughs> which is nice.
1: Yeah, I think you make a good point, like Jupiter's in Aries as well. So Jupiter rules of what we believe, um, our philosophy in life and how we approach life based on that abundance mindset. Um, but it's, it's form- our abundance mindset is formulated solely on what we believe, right? So um, there are people who who might not see the world the way that you do and with with jupiter and aries it's like we are beginning to change what we believe or how we approach things and that's totally okay like aries is the is a cardinal fire sign so there's like a new passion that's burning within us squaring over to this capricorn cancer energy so we're kind of infusing like what emotions may have been triggered in the past, what things may have been happened to us in the past that, you know, didn't support us emotionally or did support us emotionally and also what business things that do we need to, to be more grounded in our approach to, you know, blaze on a new trail to experience a life that is in alignment with what we believe. Um, But being really clear about that, your individual beliefs and knowing that the clearer you are on that, the more success you'll find, the less that you will end up um, basically bending and molding yourself to fit other people. Um, With Venus in Aquarius, I think there can be a lot of that going on where Um, there's like an energy of wanting to kind of like match the other, even in the sign of Venus, or even in the sign of Aquarius, we see it's like a squiggly line over top of squiggly line. It's literally like a mirror. Um, Very much like all of the air signs, um, there's this energy of like mirroring that happens. So with Venus in a air sign and in a fixed air sign, um, I think the relationships that we come into, you want to make sure that they are, you know, in alignment with what you believe and you're not just mirroring and people pleasing um, to create some form of community. You want it to feel um, truly revolutionary in your life and and authentic um, instead of maybe uh, just uh, something to fill a hole, something to distract um, because Aquarius can be like a very lonely energy. So um, I'm not really sure. I'm thinking about like what exercises you could do to, really uh, feel clear. Um, I know for me, like I'm gonna be doing um, a ritual on this full moon um, because the moon is in its domicile, the moon is in its home sign. I have a cancer moon. So this full moon is like super powerful for me. I'm gonna be doing just a ritual to write down my my desires, my manifestations and um, align with that with between me and, and higher power, between me and higher source. And then the people that come in into my life, hopefully are also in alignment with that. So I think that with Jupiter and Aries, there's a lot of like prayer work, a lot of um reaching out into the universe that's that's very like you have to take the action. Like something else I was saying in relation to like this constant suffering that we live within is that the suffering teaches us that that we have to do the work. If you don't do if you don't want to do any of the work, if you want to just like have things come to you and you don't ask, you're not clear, you're not sharp. You're not specific, um, then you will experience things that that are not exactly what you're looking for. So I think the message, especially with Jupiter and Aries, this war fighting sign ruled by Mars and Mars turning direct, it's like we we are learning what work we each individually need to do and and how to go about that. And wherever you have Aries in your birth chart, I think is is going to be really important over the next year to to become very mature with. Um, so, yeah, I kind of wish that we were like in a circle where we could look at each other's charts, because it gets so much more powerful that way. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. But I, yeah, I live for that, like really seeing the individual um, implications. It's also interesting, too, just Jupiter back at one degree Aries squaring one degree Capricorn where the new moon was, Um I think there's also just like an emphasis on, maybe I'm saying this because in my chart, the full moon lands in my sixth house. But I think for everyone also with, with the Aries energy, like really moving it through the body, um, especially when Mercury is combust in the sun like that, um, I think where words fail or when it when it feels like, yeah, there's just not quite language yet. Or maybe we've exhausted all the language we have available to us, but there's still like lingering vibrations that need to be uh moves um using like the physical expression the the original form of communication right like the body man
1: absolutely totally yeah um i'm just thinking about how i i intended upon opening a workshop under this full moon and i realized with a lot of the energy that's going on maybe it's better if we wait and what i'm going to be doing is going around and like connecting with people and like you said like using my body to just kind of get the word out and knowing that the word might take a little bit longer but the more repetition that i have in some of these desires like the more that it's going to come through so i think there's a huge amplification of like what we're focusing on and what we're working toward and it might even seem like it's happening behind the shadows and that it doesn't really make that much of an impact in the moment but Over time, especially as we move into the new moon in Aquarius, Mercury will be direct. Mars will be direct. We've got a bunch of planets in Aquarius where there's like a big party of like people just wanting to get together and amplify their voices and, you know, experience some radical change as a community, as a group. Um, Yeah, I think that there's a lot that's going to be happening and moving the body. Um, I know that for me, like a lot of the things I'm doing is like just getting up every day, five days a week. And doing prayer work from 6 to 7 a.m. So that when I invite people into this space to do it with me, like I'm embodied in it. So yeah. there might be something that you're launching and that you're preparing. Um, and this is sort of like a, a practice window. But the practice is, is, is intense and it's it's meaningful. Um, and you can, you can kind of know that and send all your prayers up to the moon. Let them bounce back to you and your heart and your family and the things you're trying to do. Um, but even if the manifestations move slowly, they're definitely happening. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to what you
0: said too, about just the glyph of Aquarius, like (laughs) being these, um, reciprocal vibration lines. And I think just really, for me, I'm just going to be cherishing all the whole month of January, Venus inching up to Saturn, um, Mm -hmm. just because it is, it is really such like a beautiful send off of the lessons of Saturn and just everything you're saying too. It's, I think, um, finding the joy and the discipline that Saturn has brought us in Aquarius. Um, I think your, your example of the sunrise yoga practice being embodied in that, and then sharing it with community, like that's these final blessings, um, while we kind of send Saturn off in Aquarius but too with the with the reciprocal vibration energy in Aquarius like so so much of it being about like letting your individual freak flag fly (laughs) whatever that means for you um Mm. I'll just share like like how our friendship is like this morning I literally sent Stephanie voice notes just like making High pitched squeaking noises because that was the communication that wanted to come through. And like, it, yes, it's weird. Not everyone would receive that, but that's also how you find your people, how you find um, the community you want to build that that support with. Um, yeah, by who naturally resonates with your brand of weird because we're all weird. Like everyone is in their way.
1: Totally, I love that you mentioned the coming of Venus conjunct Saturn. Um, The opening day of the studio is going to be the day that Venus conjunct Saturn and and Uranus turns direct. So um, So it's January 22nd, and um, that's going to be a very powerful day, just generally speaking. Um, It is the day after the new moon in Aquarius, but um, when we look ahead at some of the transits, you'll see this energy beginning to build. And Venus conjunct Saturn um, is a very, very powerful energy. Um, There's a movie on um, Netflix. Uh, I think it's called The Black Godfather, and um, it's about a story of, of a man who works a lot, He works a lot behind the scenes in the celebrity world in California and New York, and um, he's connected with so many, so many politicians, you know, musicians, um, writers, athletes, and one of his signatures was Venus conjunct um, Saturn and Aquarius, I believe, Um in the eighth house, and cool. his big thing was like being able to um, get money, like acquire money for, espe- especially uh, people of color that were being underpaid, and um, acquire resources from other bigger establishments or groups of people um, to fund musical projects from people of color and also people who were not of color who who were just um, undervalued. So That's I so thought, it was really cool. wow.
0: Yeah. I I would love like Venus, Saturn and Aquarius eighth house. Like, damn, he did it.
1: Yeah. And I think, uh, it was opposite Pluto to the degree and, and I want to look at his chart. I want to do like a whole, um, chart analysis of this man because his life was so legendary as, as Netflix reviews and his chart is just so powerful and, and looking at some of how these things can manifest. So, Um, Basically, Venus and Saturn combined is helping us to be really serious in our dealings and our relationships and make sure that things are fair and they are just. And the way that we do that is by by communicating in a way that is like everyone is equal within the conversation. So I think that's something to really think about as we move into um, this full moon and to the season that's that's coming ahead and um that is just connecting with people that kind of see eye to eye i even wanted to send the like a pitch a a screaming pitch back but i wasn't in a place where i could so it's like you want to find people that that can really um resonate that tone with you and um there's a lot of blessings that are going to come and a lot of like long-term um consequences that will come from saturn conjunct venus And I think uh, this will connect back to the recession that we're seeing and restrictions around money. But when we restrict money, um, a lot of other things become clear. Like I realized Venus is my time Lord this year. And I will admit I have spent so much money this year. And I realized that I think that Venus was trying to teach me um, just based on some of the signatures in my own birth chart that um, Venus rules money but she also rules relationships. And my lesson that I've learned from Venus as I come out of my, um, perfection with Venus being my time Lord is that I need to focus more on my relationships and less on like money, like the actual money or spending of money, like acquiring of things to, um, create that sense of like familiarity or artistic expression. Um, I need to lean more into my relationships being a mirror of my own artistic expression in life. So maybe there's a way for you too, that you can lean toward one direction or another, whether that's like, you actually do need to upgrade your wardrobe or the art and your environment or the physical things that you have or the money that you're bringing in, or maybe it's just that like focusing in on your relationships is, is going to help you feel more alive, more empowered, more full. Um, I think Venus in Aquarius really invites us to uh, rebel against ourselves in ways that we maybe haven't noticed or, or realized we needed to, like to change a pattern in relation to how we're seeing Venus so that it can be more balanced.
0: Mm. Um, before we get too far from it, I just want to share. So the um, the man that the Black Godfather is, a documentary based on his life is, uh, I'm sorry, Clarence Abbott, Avant. I, I'm I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce Yvonne. it. Yeah i just want to yeah speak his name thank Um, you i look forward to you doing that further dissection of his chart because wow powerful being
1: yeah i was like looking at his chart by the end of the documentary because i was like oh please have a birth chart for this man
0: yeah but i it's interesting too just um when mercury stationed retrograde it was conjunct venus at 24 degrees capricorn and i'm just realizing like what you're saying about Um, just enhancing the art and beauty and the lessons of Venus in our world, upgrading wardrobe, like all of those energies. Literally today, I finally hung up a painting, sorry, it's not a painting, but a piece of art on a canvas um, with its roses, embroidered roses, it's so beautiful. And I bought it for my home like six months ago and I just never put it up because I was like, oh, I wanna wait and see what other art I get and like plan. And I'm like, no, I have this beautiful art now. And I hung it up this morning. So I feel like that's an interesting um, yeah, very just again, Mercury stationing in conjunct Venus. It's also a good time to like look at what we already have in front of us to make do, not even make do, but like to enhance our realm with.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, we can look at the chart for right now, and what Alula is talking about is uh Venus at the edge of Capricorn having just crossed Pluto and uh yes. Yeah, so- yeah go ahead love
0: oh no i was just saying too like if we go back um a few days ago even when mercury stationed it was like exactly conjunct venus
1: yeah
0: um so i think that's just like a continuing theme of this retrograde as well
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly like like i was getting these downloads like from venus in my mind mercury ruling really, the mind like Oh, well, this is how, cause it's not that I don't, we don't need the things or we don't need to spend the money. Like, I feel like part of the lesson was around a process I experienced, but it's like a, it's like a turning of the chapter. Like, okay, yeah. now that you've realized how you want to relate to the physical, how you want to relate to money, like there's a whole other realm that's unseen, um, just in the, the dynamics of relationship that you have with people. Like you don't, you can't own people. You can't buy people. You cannot trade people <laughs> or relationships, right? Yeah. But you, you can um, develop those things. And especially the story of, of Clarence Avon, like he built his wealth in relationships. Mm-hmm. He, he, all the people he inter- got, you know, that were interviewed about him. They, they would say that he helped him. They helped, they got help from him to make major decisions in their life. And the interview would ask them, like, well, did he charge you any money? And they would all say, no, he didn't charge me any money. And he experienced, you know, blessings coming back to him um, in ways that he couldn't have imagined. But I think it's due to his his ability to be generous and not be greedy and not like he realized that just the relationship that he had with somebody, the ability to consult them and they them to value his opinion, um, was enough of an exchange that there didn't he didn't need to send them a bill to, to experience a return on his investment in that person, mm, yeah. you know, and now, now we're talking about him. There's a huge power in relationships and, and not using money over relationships. Like, oh, if you can't pay me, like, oh, we're not, we're not, we're, I don't have time for you. That kind of energy. I feel like in the world we live in now and the way that people are building their businesses and the way they're running their, their the way that they're running their consulting firm, is very much dictated by that. You and I have
0: talked a lot about that and I'm so grateful for those like real conversations of just like um, being careful of what people are are trying to monetize on. It's like, can't there just be pure, genuine, supportive community anymore?
1: mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, what he was creating was powerful music. Mm -hmm. So, in a lot of those dealings he's helping to create powerful music right. so like whatever you may be consulting somebody on if that's a, a role that you're in um you are inevitably creating some form of art with that person and you have to have boundaries it's not that like he would just work with anybody and work for free his sure. whole thing was like getting paid but um you know I guess he just had a he had a, he had a way of like striking a balance with when to be commissioned and when to just offer charity and charity charity is a huge thing in terms of relationships as well um so yeah it's just really interesting to consider
0: yeah i mean saturn venus conjunct saturn and aquarius in the eighth house in his natal chart like that is just a true master (laughs) a true master of um of community and human elevation and wow
1: Yeah. All right. So,
0: so so we touched on Mercury Kazemi, but I think just for time, we should um, move past the full moon. Does that
1: feel good to you, love? Yeah, that feels great. So um, is there anything you want to, I mean, I have the chart up here. I have some like transits from uh, honeycomb. um, But is there anything you're looking at particularly first? Oh, I
0: just wanted to, we can maybe go a little bit more in depth on the Kazimi, just to explain that. So um, Kazemi, only Venus and Mercury have Kazemis because they're between the Earth and the sun. They're the inner planets to us. Um, so it's when, in this case, Mercury is aligning in the heart of the sun is what Kazimi literally means. So that's happening at 7.57 AM on Saturday, the 7th. Lots of sevens in the signature, which is interesting. Um, and it's happening at seventeen. Let me see, <laughs> uh, sixteen degrees Capricorn. So if we look at that, that is the second decan of Capricorn, which would be um, the uh, tarot card is three of Pentacles.
1: Oh yes, we didn't look at the the tarot for this this full moon.
0: It would also be so yeah the full moon um would be three of cups which is nice um i'll read from my sufi tarot i'll read the description for both of those in here so for the full moon and the second decan of cancer the three of cups excuse me um the three of cups is a testament to the magic that takes place when you find your soul family oh Hmm. There's a lightness of spirit that comes when we know that we are honored and embraced. Mm -hmm. As the empty cups of the woman's arms reach up towards the heavens to be filled with the luminous moonlight, they know that the cups of their hearts are filled by each other's company. Mm -hmm. Sufi teacher Hazrat Khan describes the tradition of raising and touching glasses in celebration. Since the cup is the symbol of the heart, The cup touching the cup means heart united the heart. According to the mystical view, it is two becoming one. Um, Which is really powerful too, I guess with the number three as well. It's like it takes um, that third energy to perceive the two of duality. So that's the beauty of community is there's um, that third perception.
1: Yeah, you create something by leaning into... That's why I was saying with his dealings with others, even if there was no like, oh, here's the money on the table, they're creating art or they're creating Obama as a president, you know, they're creating something that's like bigger than their own their own simple connection.
0: Group manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so the sun under this full moon as well as the Mercury Kazemi is also in the second decade of Capricorn. So three of pentacles or coins Um, And this one says, the three of coins is a card about playing your part in the symphony of life. As in an orchestra, we each have a note to play. It is our attunement to that note and the integrity in how we play it that determines how aligned we are with our life purpose. Some notes will be more audible than others, and yet each one is needed for the eventual result. Similarly, when we are working with others to create something we are proud of, uh, the ego and our sense of identity merge into a common purpose. Yeah. When individuals with different, differing backgrounds, experiences, and age groups come together for a common goal, the result is love, harmony, and beauty.
1: Wow. That's, these are so nice. So I'm just, I want to be clarify, you said the first one was two of cups, and then this is three of cups, but the sun is at 16 on both days.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. The, so the first card for the full moon is, yes. it was three of cups, and then the- sun and mercury are in uh the area of capricorn that's the three of
1: coins so you're oh so you're looking at the moon and cancer for the three yeah
0: the the full moon is the three of cups
1: oh i see what you're saying and then
0: the sun at at the full both the full moon um and mercury kazimi at 16 are in the three of coins area
1: Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm just pulling up the um, the Deccan wheel now, but I was just trying to clarify for anyone that doesn't have the visual in front of them where this information's coming from. Yeah, so that's really beautiful because we were talking about you know Aquarius and that feeling of being like accepted, and it's funny that that it all it also shows up with the Moon and it's in its um, domicile in the midpoint of its transit that there's this feeling of like comfort through community. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And just Capricorn, like going back to everything we talked about with just building literal structure too, like the three of coins, everyone playing their part, like bees in a hive. Like it's, we all have a crucial role.
1: Yeah. And the second decan is also ruled by in Capricorn is ruled by Mars. Mm. So like like bees and hive, like everybody doing their work. That's why I was talking about doing the work. Like it can feel like Mars energy is literally war. And, you know, like there's a series on Netflix too, that's like the Ottoman empire and the Ottoman empire was built and it's all about war. And it's terrifying that like our ancestors literally used to like go and go off to war. And can you imagine just waking up and knowing that the enemy is like could kill you any day or like, you've got to go and kill somebody today. And, I mean, like- no,
0: I can't imagine. I mean, and it's, it's sad. A lot of the world is still like that.
1: Exactly. So we live in a different dynamic now, depending on, you know, what your life is like and where you live in the world. But it is still like this energy of like, okay, I got to go up and like fight for what I believe in. Mm-hmm. And um, if we quit, if we say, oh, this, this fight is not worth it, or this fight is too hard, or this fight isn't fair. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't get us anywhere. This, the next decade after Mars um, is the sun. And that is like this light, light guiding us like there's a reward there is like the joy after the battle like to just rejoice in the fact that we've survived something without the pain of let's say war and like missing family or you know protecting family um you wouldn't know like just how valuable the moments you have where you feel incredibly safe really are so i don't know i just feel like it's really powerful to kind of harp on that especially at the beginning of this new year and Many of us struggling due to the recession in different ways, whether it's us personally, our family, friends, our business, our customers, whatever it is, like, we're all affected by the way the global situation is right now. Um, but, you know, if, if each of us does our part, if each of us does the work, um, we we can overcome it. <coughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you read off um, the first decan of Aries? Um, it's the two of wands yeah. ruled by Mars. Um, Cause this is where, this is where Jupiter is right now. And I think that's, it's very telling.
0: Yeah, um, two of wands is all about feeling empowered. It is a fiery spirit involved with planning, progression and charting out a course of action. Like the endless landscape, the woman in the card looks out over the possibilities before her are infinite. There is a sense of pride and authority that she embodies, a confidence that allows her to be an effective leader. She has self-respect and self-control and is ready to step away from the familiar to explore fresh experiences and new landscapes. In its light form, this card speaks of boldness and in its shadow, an unnecessary aggression. Ooh. So, yeah, I guess uh, with with that Mars war energy, like, I think it's important to accept that like I think a lot of a lot of uh people or, or teachings sometimes try to like bypass the just the reality and the necessity of like Mars is a player in this score. Like we can't just have no aggression, you know what I mean? But it but it's how you use that, how you use um the force and the yeah, use the force, like literally. Like what are you doing with it? <laughs> Are you a jedi or you know yeah whose team you on kind of thing where, where there i think too like with with the number two there is a sense of like duality there and just the choice of um again the force is there regardless so how do we utilize it
1: yeah um somebody there's like this saying of like um there's there's like the prayer hands and then there's like the hands of the fists like we need to learn how to do both. We need to learn how to pray, how to how to heal, and also how to fight. These are these are two requirements of our balance as beings. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so we were looking at this Kazemi, and you were talking about the the, um, the tarot that's associated with it. So. Um, yeah, Mercury Kazemi is like, so the, when, when Mercury is, I mean, if I actually wrote it down in this book here, if see if I can find it. Um, but there's like particular degrees where it's like very lucky and then particular degrees that, um, are not so lucky. So when, when Mercury or any Venus or any other planet, Venus or Mercury, like Ula was saying, um, are in the heart of the sun, like to the degree, it's a very lucky energy. But the orbs outside of that um, can be times where you need to, you know, just like mind your magic and like be patient with whatever it is that you're trying to create because um, Mercury is retrograde and combust by the sun, which means that our ability to think things through, um, our ability to see things clearly, there's not all the information that you might need. So I just found it. So, combust is the weakest planetary state within eight degrees of the sun under the beams of the sun is weaker than usual, which is within 17 degrees. And Kazemi is a very strong opportunity um, for luck. And that is within 17 minutes. So the degrees are the bigger numbers that you see next to the planet. And the um, minutes are the ones that are beyond the sign or closest to the inner wheel. So I can look to see like how many minutes we actually have where it's out of that. But it's basically saying that seven, this belief this system that I um, pulled, cause there's many different ways to explore this. They believe that um, within 17 minutes is where you're gonna have the most luck. So it looks like um, you could probably do this within a couple hours before or after. Um, let's see, so this is like an hour before. So it looks like about two hours before the actual k- k- Kazemi and like three hours after is like the most lucky window so from like 5 a.m to like 10:30 in the morning on Saturday morning is a really good time to do some journaling some chanting prayer work um, maybe even have like very profound beautiful conversations with people or um, things that you need to address or maybe you want to um, write some copy for your business. It's just a very, very potent window to anything related to business and writing, especially since it's in Capricorn, anything you wanna have like lasting power in relation to what you're thinking um, and how you want to see that manifest in the world um, in the in the most just way. And you will see that um, this Kazemi is also trining Uranus and Taurus conjunct the North Node. So there is an element of like innovation that's happening um, an element of spontaneity, something that you're doing that's like seemingly different, but also something you've been brewing on for a long time with the eclipses having been in the North node, um, in the North node in in, in the, uh, sign of Taurus. Yeah. Yeah. So I just figured I'd mention that because, um, it seems relevant that after we get out of those seconds or minutes, um, it's a time where the, Mercury is then once again combust and in the weakest planetary state. So um, yeah, like you might not want to sell your house uh, until Mercury is direct and out of these um, beams of the sun within 17 degrees of the sun. So just for just so we know um, when that would be like looking forward. Mercury is going to turn direct on. Is it the 17th? Um, It is the 18th. At 8, 12 a.m. So the 18th. And it says you want it to be within 17 degrees of the sun. So it's no longer combust after it's direct, but it is in the shadow of its retrograde. But at least if you wait until it's direct, it's no longer combust and and anything having to do with contracts, communication. um, Yeah, just anything that's like written in stone, you might want to wait until Mercury is direct. Word, <laughs> yeah. um, with the kazimi too. I just want to point out since
0: it's since Mercury's retrograde with this Kazemi, it's an interior Kazemi. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means Mercury's like the closest it can be to the sun. um So typically, I find with with the interior Kazemi, it's more of a time of like planting new seeds, rather than maybe like even though I don't know Uranus is there, so we still might get some like lightning bolt revelations. But i feel like because they're both retrograde it might be more of like a revision revelation rather than a a a brand new idea or spark
1: you said that it's an interior and then during the interior you tend to get you you would think i because i think the interior is like an internal reset like you were saying
0: yeah yeah that's what but because it's uh because both mercury and uranus are retrograde i just Maybe this is just my own download, but I have like an inkling that it's going to be more of a a revision of something like already existing rather than the outside busy me being more of a like uh, sometimes a new epiphany.
1: Yeah, well, and Mercury's in the sign of Capricorn, which means that its ruler is Saturn, and Saturn will be direct. So yeah. Saturn was retrograde. There might have been something you were working on during that time that is getting you know finalized under this retrograde for one last like final swoop of clarity and finalization and whatever it is the communication that needs to happen there which is relevant for me and what's going on in my
0: life yeah or like we have realizations around like oh wow this is what I've been like subconsciously working on and now I finally have like the language to understand what I've been going through energetically
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's kind of what I felt like when I realized where I'm going now with like how I'm focusing my energy. Like I'm like, oh, okay. This is the thing I've been avoiding. Now I just need to like do that. There's nothing. I can't, I can't like try my the other routes any longer. It's just not gonna bear fruit. This is what's gonna bear fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Could we take a quick like hydration? stretch yes. bathroom break absolutely so I'm just gonna leave um let's let's go to the next transit and we'll leave that up cool um wish we had like elevator music to cue <laughs> do, 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 do. um was there something on your list that you wanted to hop to next? oh yes I'm sorry so um Monday the
0: 9th we have two well we have Venus trining Mars retrograde So Venus at eight degrees, Aquarius trining Mars about like slowed down at eight degrees, uh, Gemini still retrograde. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, great. I'll get it. I'll get it up for us. And if you're in the chat on YouTube, let us know like how this is resonating with you. We'd love to to know, or if you want to just let us know where you're tuning in from, that would be great. Um, You can also share on social now that we're taking a little break. And uh we'll see you guys in a couple of minutes. Zooby zooby zoo.
0: Okay, that's our cue. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm back. Me too. All right. Can you see my screen? Yeah, the chart. Good, because on my Zoom, it's just a black screen. <laughs>
0: oh, love that.
1: Yeah. Right. Great. Right. So, um. Right. Um. My uh, we were talking about Mars retrograde trine venus and aries Uh, oh
0: Venus and aquarius yeah
1: thank you thank you um the sun setting is getting to me i'm like okay it's almost dinner time all right so we've got venus and aquarius trine mars and gemini um and these are both happening in a air sign and trines are fun trines are uplifting um I, rem- I want to see maybe if we can see the last time that they conjunct because then we can see- that's oh. kind of a long time ago because Mars has been
0: yeah I was gonna say it might have been Venus and Gemini
1: <laughs> or Taurus I don't know let's see. let's see when the seed was planted of their last connection points um looks like Venus and Pisces
0: yeah. Did I miss it? No. no.
1: Oh. Aquarius? That was a while ago. It looks like they're still kind of playing this catch up dance, but let's see. Here we go. March 11th of 2022.
0: Four degrees Aquarius where, um, uh, that's where Venus is going to be Venus. So Venus is back at four Aquarius under the full moon, right? (laughs) Is she? Wow. That's really interesting. Like Venus did a whole ass lap and, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the last time that we had Venus, um, Conjunct Mars, which would be like a new Venus Mars cycle was the beginning of March of 2022. So now that Venus is in the place that she is coming up on January 9th, where she'll be in Aquarius at eight degrees and trining over to Mars, there's like a continuation of that saga, but from a maybe more wise perspective, um, maybe how we choose to take action is different than what we thought we would do compared to our, our logic back in March. I know for me, that's really true. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that we're definitely be using information because Venus is training over to Mars and Gemini, uh, the sign ruled by Mercury and ruling over the parts in terms of information. Um, when information is organized by Parts and how those parts connect to the greater whole within bigger chunks, which is more like a Virgoian thing. Virgo like rules the library, whereas like Gemini is the books within the library. Or and, like,
0: yeah, like verbal history.
1: Yeah. So whatever like information that we've gathered, like down to many, many, many details, I think is going to get simulated um, when these two try when these two planets make a trine and um, relationships that we make decisions that we make with money and what we value will be seated on some of that information that we've been, we've been culminating with Mars in, in Gemini.
0: So yeah, what's interesting too, um, it, it, yeah, I think it's definitely with, with these air signs, going to be a pretty social experience. Um, But Venus at eight degrees Aquarius is, so that's the first decan of Aquarius, which the tarot card is um, five of swords. So typically to me, like five of swords is kind of a, like a surrendering, um, realizing like, is what I'm fighting for even worthwhile anymore? Or like, so I think it's interesting with like Venus trying Mars. I feel like there's a means of like cutting something loose as a means of like moving towards, um, like you said, the new logic, like our logic might be different from when Venus conjunct Mars back in early March. So this is kind of, I think, like an action on that a little bit.
1: Yeah, totally. I think whatever we decided back then, we we are not going to let that come in vain. It's like, okay, like whatever sacrifices that we've gone through in between this battle of ourself and, and other and relation or money or whatever, like whatever we put our stake into, like now we're going to see that manifest um, for us Maybe in ways we weren't expecting or ways that we were originally calculating, but I think it's like a renewal of what we were trying to do back then um, and how we could do it a little bit more strategically, especially as Venus comes to conjunct Saturn and Aquarius.
0: Oh, I can't wait for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like
0: people are good on that. I I feel like that's pretty.
1: Yeah, that's good information for peeps to have.
0: I just wanted to point out that same day uh-huh. later at night though. So uh, Monday the 9th at around 9.15 PM, the moon is also opposite Saturn. So we have the moon and Leo opposite Saturn and Aquarius, um,
1: which feels
0: yeah which feels I, i'm I'm sorry i was just thinking i'm not sure i believe it's the last time the moon opposes saturn in aquarius before saturn moves into pisces no we get it a couple more times but there's kind of like a wrapping up of like um to me it feels like just uh kind of discipline around how we handle our emotions <laughs> like the moon in leo can be a little bit dramatic and saturn and aquarius is just like real it is or at least that's how i experience this um this transit often, <laughs> while Saturn's been in Aquarius for me, uh-huh. so yeah, I think yeah. there's sort of a like, um, kind of keeping it real with ourselves and like our, our ability to self-parent our emotions.
1: Yeah, well, it's the it's it's this the Moon opposite Saturn before Venus crosses Saturn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's like we're humbled once again before we we have like a final realization around how Venus and Saturn are really communicating to elevate us into a different state you know like it's like we're humbled
0: I think it's also it, it could also like notate um like a little bit of the letting some of that Leo drama like sometimes we have to express our grief of like what we are releasing even though we see the newness on the horizon we see the new logic we trust that it where we're meant to go um we again still have to honor the physical body and therefore the emotions mm. so yeah, Sat- i feel like the saturn saturn and aquarius moon and leo like opposition like that dynamic is kind of like saturn's like yeah yeah let it out cry it out real quick <laughs> but then real it's like put it together
1: <laughs> well i just was thinking this would be a really powerful night to do like a burn ceremony yeah because there really? are not a lot of planets in Leo, or not in Leo, in a fire sign, like Jupiter is in the fire sign. So we do get that trine over to Jupiter, um, as the moon crosses over um, the sign of Leo. And uh, yeah, I mean, with Venus trining over to Mars and opposing Saturn, um, it would be very productive to kind of burn any drama that you may be feeling or like, it's a good, good, good night to write down some of your Uh, manifestations things that you want to see happen and also things that you just want to let go of that's so nice
0: too because like alchemically it's like the fire literally transforms matter into smoke and the air element so that's yeah it's really perfect Mm -hmm. with the venus uh, mars you know air
1: yeah what i wanted to jump to next was mars turning direct is it yes mars stations direct on the 12th before we jump there, can we just go one more thing
0: chronologically? Is that okay?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just that Tuesday the 10th, this is also really important. Venus um, is exactly T squaring the north and south node.
1: Mm. Next
0: day. So January is pretty stacked. Like we're, yeah, we're
1: January is a very intense month.
0: We're moving. I think it's so interesting too that we get this Venus square to the nodes like two days before Mars does station. It's like Um, kind of the last like precipice of realization we have before um, really, really, really moving it forward.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what, what, especially in relation to relationships, like how are we choosing to experience the highest expression of Aquarius in our life um, as it relates to our shadow and our material expression, like this Scorpio Taurus access, where in our life are, where in our life are these places in our chart and Venus making this T-square to it is going to really soften, but also put some pressure on being a lot more serious, a lot more committed, a lot more firm and uh, grounded or um, decisive about how we wanna create something we can depend upon especially in the place of the place that Aquarius is in our birth chart something we can depend upon I really like that yeah it is
0: interesting too just like all you know uh this t-square happening all in fixed signs um I think there could also be like a, a sense of reaffirming certain things like um Kind of self-validating certain choices we've made and being like, yes, I'm sticking to this. I'm recommitting.
1: Yeah, exactly. Seems like a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal night. Um, one that might also be a little bit like intense in terms of relationships. So it, because there's that T square to the North Node, um, so it's a good night to really just like soften your expectations and, um listen like don't like act too spontaneously but but listen because the next day or two days later Mars is going to turn direct and um then we're going to have this like energy of like really wanting to move um but I think there's a little bit of like information that comes in on that evening with the moon in Virgo and something that we're trying to perfect something that we're trying to get right and when Mars turns direct it's like okay now I'm ready to act on that Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So thank you for putting it up. Thursday, the 12th is stacked as well. Um, Yeah. Mars direct eight Gemini. Um, It's really interesting too. On this day, Venus is exactly sextile Chiron in Aries. Yep. Um, And we also have Mercury retrograde trining the North node. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) yeah, I I just feel like this whole week in January, um, just feels very fateful
1: it is it is it is it is I know for me personally it is I mean I've timed it that way but it just feels like whoever that we're interacting with is also faded within those interactions (laughs) you know like they're they're on the other side of that needed needing to be a part of whatever it is that we're doing yeah manifesting us as well pulling us in as well Mm.
0: I feel like too, just with, with Mercury retrograde, um, I don't know why this wants to come up, but I feel like too, like this, this could also be a time when we're having kind of like, uh, I I almost like the sun is also sextiling Neptune. So I almost feel like there's like uh, we might, a lot of the, the social dynamics or encounters we might even be having like psychically, just like pay attention to who is transient through your um, your dream state or your like even your waking dream state, just like when you find yourself idling and you get those kind of like passive, seemingly passive thoughts. Um, I think just honing in a little bit more intentionally on those on this day is going to be important.
1: Mm. Well, what's what persecule is speaking to you in terms of the dream state?
0: Um, just seeing the sun sextiling Neptune as well. Mm. Um, And with Mercury retrograde, again, it's like retrograde in Capricorn, which is um, such a sign of structure. I feel like the retrograde is like, okay, we have to get, uh, find new ways to understand that structure. And I think that points to the more elusive uh,
1: frequencies. Yeah. So this will be the first sign that Mars is direct and able to move forward out of Gemini since... I believe may. Yeah. <laughs> uh, may of 2022. So um, we have, let's see how many days, a good mile before Mars moves into cancer, but basically mars Mars going to be retracking its steps during the retrograde and allowing us to take that action. Um, and we'll feel like a completely different shift that we haven't felt since um, April. Um, would that be right? Yeah. April. No. Really? I mean, I'm just thinking when was the last time that Mars was in cancer? Oh, cancer. Uh, it had to be a Two while. years and seven months ago. <laughs> yeah. Not even yeah. April. Yeah. So it's been two years since we felt Mars in cancer and we're going to feel They're that.
0: T- yeah. Just personally, like my, my natal Mars is in cancer. So this is like anyone that has Mars and cancer, we're going to have like a very long awaited Mars return, which will also be really nice after. Um, yeah. Just such a long retrograde, <laughs> such a tease, like building up to the apex of a Mars return, but like having this big fat retrograde and that buildup, it's been like so much anticipation. So
1: exactly. yeah. yeah. So this will be March 26th of 2023 that will we'll finally, Experience Mars in in Cancer again, um, but in the meantime, this month we'll be moving through um, Mars with Mars in Gemini, and and also in February. So we do have um, to kind of clean up and 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 complete whatever it is that Mars and Gemini is asking us to do. Wherever you have Gemini in your chart, there's um, a maturing definitely happening, so that you can you know, make progress in that area of your life, release fear, take action, um, see some change that maybe you, you never thought you would, but it's definitely coming.
0: It's definitely coming.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's we've, talked about, we've talked about we've about Venus, um, trining Uranus, uh, it's going to square
0: exactly on the 14th. That Saturday. Yeah,
1: that's, I'm sorry. I'm really getting like, I'm getting hungry. It's showing. Um, I'm looking at the chart in front of me, but yeah, Venus squaring Uranus. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, if you want to maybe talk about that a little deeper, we can.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that's just going to be another stepping stone from when Venus squares the nodes that Tuesday, the 10th. So I think paying attention, Tuesday to Saturday, there might be like a progression of a chain of events that there's like a clear link, depending where it falls in your chart. Um, I feel like some of the discomfort of Venus square, the nodes might might find a release with the square to Uranus. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I'm looking forward to this. I know like, yes, it's a square, but I feel like it's just... Um, a sudden unfolding and and because it's it's venus involved like it's it's gonna have a positive impact maybe if not at first if there is like some shaky ground happening it's um it's just making space for the flowers to grow
1: my only concern is that venus is in saturn's domicile i mean i know i know uranus is in venus's domicile but venus is in saturn's domicile so um I feel like it's a little bit of like shocking news that, that sobers you a little bit more. Um, but like you said, it, it creates that room for more because it's like a forced maturing. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's, it's, it creates the opportunity to be more artistic around things that maybe we've been seeing from a very like hard or harsh angle. Mm.
0: Yeah. And I think with, with Saturn's prominence here, um, It's like, how can we, how can we find more artistic and creative ways within like the very sobering realization of like what limitations are kind of on our lives, like where we do have boundaries and limits that can't really be shifted right now. But it's like, um, like I'm just picturing, it's like, okay, maybe you want to move to a bigger house, but that's not feasible yet. So for now, like once again, it's like, use what you already have. And like, this is your opportunity to adorn and play within the limit.
1: Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So next major transit of the week, it looks like Saturday or Sunday, Monday is very quiet, more like lunar transits. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Tuesday is pretty quiet. Um, And Wednesday, we have the sun conjunct. Pluto and Mercury station direct. Woo. Yeah. So it's that's a day. We got a couple days of like silence and like inner work. And then it like, boom, like there's this big energy on the morning when Venus uh, or Mercury turns direct on Wednesday, January 18th. Let's see if I got a minute here. Yeah, so on the day that um, Mercury turns direct, we have Venus just a couple degrees from Saturn. The sun is literally conjunct Pluto by a couple minutes and later that night it will perfect uh, at, oh no, just that day at 9.44 AM. So like an hour later after Mercury stations direct, um, the sun and Pluto will be conjunct. Um, So yeah, sun conjunct Pluto and Capricorn Um, I know we've experienced this many, many times over because Pluto has been in Capricorn for many years, Um, but I think exploring the decan of the sun and Pluto at where it's at can help us to kind of explore what is the meaning of this. Um, So the final decan of Capricorn is um, the Four of Pentacles. So, um, I don't have a description of the four pentacles here in front of me. I don't know if Lula, you want to pick it up from there.
0: I'm sorry, I keep forgetting you can't see me. I'm um, yeah, I'm pulling pulling it Thank up. Thank you.
1: Yeah, or... this is this is the Deccan ruled by the Sun, so that is very good news that the Sun is in its um place of, of rulership by Deccan, um, while Kujung Pluto. So, I think this transformation is definitely quite spiritual, um, but also somewhat uh, material since it is in the this suit of pentacles than it is in the cardinal earth sign so there's something we're transforming about our relationships (coughs) physical excuse me sorry
0: um it's it's interesting you said material specifically because the first sentence is uh the four of coins shows us the hazards of excessive materialism and control when Mm -hmm. we seek happiness through the collection of external things we cease to live with an open heart instead our hearts clamp up out of fear of losing that which we invest with too much value when we live in this state of fear suspicion and paranoia replace our our peace we begin to believe everyone wants what we have which often causes self-inflicted isolation what Mm -hmm. leads you to desire more than what is needed how safe and protected do you feel without your material fixes Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i think that this is like a big this month just feels like a very deep collective experience of like detaching from what we have and being afraid that someone's gonna take it or steal it or like capitalize on it and we didn't get to capitalize on it or something like that. And it's 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 like a spiritual seed is, is beginning to open where it's like, we are so much more than the things that we have or do not have. Yeah. And- when we realize that we can begin to connect from our hearts and when we connect from our hearts we can you know build sustainable culture whereas like the material things we cannot eat the material things
0: right necessarily this could be a really good day to do like um you know I just want to say I'm not a doctor but if if it's within your uh medical practices and it feels good for you i think this could be a good day to do some sort of fast or like um i don't know i'm like my taste buds are like beet juice like some sort of something that's both cleansing but still grounding somehow because of the capricorn energy Mm -hmm. Um, yeah i'm like thinking like root veggies um yeah just again to kind of like purify the vessel too so we can uh have better discernment as well because um, when our bodies are clogged, our discernment is clogged. And um, I think when there's uh, just things altering our, our nervous system and our hormones, and like, it's just, this is just a good time to come back to a true center through purifying. That's a
1: great, it's a great suggestion. Pluto rules transformation, purification, um, releasing, excretion. So oh power, manipulation. So um, letting anything that could be having one over you go is really powerful. It's another really great day to do like some intense journaling and even just like working out, doing a sauna, doing an ice bath, anything that's like going to give you like an experience of like an extreme cleanse or um, release intentionally because that power aligning with the sun Pluto lining with the sun, we're going to want to have a release. Cause I know sometimes when I experience like transits and passing, you look at the transit and you might forget what's going on and you look at it and you're like, Oh my God, this is what I'm feeling. So, um, yeah, having tools like, um, astro gold or wicked veracity calendars on your phone. Um, if you want to get the calendars on your phone, um, Basically you can sync them up to any calendar that you use on your phone. You can see all the transits of the moon and the planets. Um, I have a 15% off discount code in the description. Uh, My friend Robin created this software that allows you to like sync up your schedule to the stars and stuff. And I think it's great to have. So yeah, it just reminds me of like these hidden, these hidden powers, which Pluto represents and how um, the more we can shine light on these things and the more we can act consciously in relationship to them you know the less power they have over us to do some destructive things that we wouldn't otherwise you know want
0: mm. there's um i also just want to read a quote that's in here for the four of coins as well um mm-hmm. from the sufi hazrat Inyat khan again who was also quoted in one of the other cards uh what we value we must attain but once attained Instead of being crushed under it, we must freely rise above it and take a further step in life. Those who have made progress in this life have made it with this view. And those who come to a standstill in life are the ones who hold fast to that which they have attained, never being inclined to renounce it. And in that way, they have met with failure. Therefore, greed, however profitable it may seem, in the end is weakening. And generosity, though at times it may seem unprofitable, in reality is strengthening. Yeah
1: beautiful. Yeah, so true. I think
0: this is like a test of like the cancerful moon, like showing us our heart. This is kind of that test of like, uh, how can I keep my heart open after such an expanse and like, uh, yeah, not succumb to that greed, not succumb to the attachment of worldly things
1: yeah it's crazy how much greed controls our our mental construct and sometimes we don't even realize it Mm -hmm. just part of our program or the program outside of us that we either mirror or have to work against right work outside of work around yeah um okay great so the next big transit thursday is quiet um and then Friday, we have the sun moving into Aquarius. Yeah. And it's my birthday season. Eee. That's exciting. So the sun will move into Aquarius at 3.30 in the morning. And Aquarius season, I just want to see. Hmm, do I need to add a minute? So I'm going to pull up on my phone just a reference that I have from the course that I made. um, Some of the key words that I like to reference when thinking about Aquarius. So Aquarius for me and my my studies and my teacher's reflections, obviously Aquarius is the water bearer and Aquarius is an air sign. So um, a lot of of people think that Aquarius is a a water sign because it's the water bearer. Um, but I think that what it's speaking to is that the water is basically held in in the air, right? Like water cannot exist unless air contains it in some way or creates the environment for it. Um, so it's this combination of like having the picture, which, you know, Capricorn creates and the water sitting within it and the air um, allowing us to see just how deep that water really is. Um, or even the, the the earth allowing to see how deep that water really is. But um, without the air evaporating it, which is what more of a Libra quality is, is that evaporation, Aquarius allows the water to, to stay in its physical state without evaporating. Um, so Aquarius is connected to the intellect. Um, it's very opinionated, it's unemotional. Um, It's a very intelligent, uh, humanitarian energy, idealistic, scientific, ingenious ideas come through during this season. We categorize things very easily during this season. We can become very detached and independent and think about the future very deeply during this season. Um, We can also be very rebellious in our nature just from a lot of this insight that's coming through and intelligence that we know we cannot negate um, we become very objective instead of subjective, like we see things from a very distant point of view. And we can also become more generous and and um, f- philanthropic, f- philanthropic um, during this time where we want to give back more. And we see that as you're reading in that final decade of, of Capricorn, that generosity is actually what strengthens us. So as a result, during the season, we begin to be just generally more generous um, in our dealings and also observant. So we see how how we affect other people, even if we're just observing, we're not necessarily communicating, we're just able to recognize like our presence and, and, and what it really does to our community and what the influence that we have within our community is like i was saying with um, the water bearer the pitcher and the water like just the presence of the air in its fixed state not in a war not too hot not too cold it's not frozen water it's not evaporating water it's water that's able to be poured and able to be moved um, and there's something very magical about that very intelligent about how all these elements work together and how we ourselves are an element within the alchemy of life yeah
0: yeah. I think it's interesting too. Um, oh words, let me find them. It's like that's that's the uh the light side and the the power of the the detachment that Aquarius typically brings. It's like detachment can actually bring generosity because we, we're not emotionally like confined to um whether it's like literal things that we are then more generous to share or it's ideas or it's I don't know it's funny though because it's still a fixed sign and Aquarius still can be kind of stubborn but at its best that detachment is like um, uh, very very wanting to share ideas and share in community and co-create.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's rebellious, but it, it wants to find people that have a similar idea of what to rebel on. Yeah. So it's not like it's completely separating itself from everything and everyone, but it's very particular about what it is not and what it, what it wants to be re- more closely represented and, and attached to.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you for that illumination. Yeah. Like uh, being the opposite sign to Leo, the fixed fire sign. Leo is like, this is what I am. And Aquarius is, this is what I'm not.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, it's also, I just want to point out, this is our last go of the sun in Aquarius while Saturn's there as well. So there's like a, um, I think an extra layer of just like resolution there too. We're yeah. we're getting our last, uh, the sun's last illumination of Aquarius in the last three years with Saturn
1: there, so. Absolutely, and Saturn is, The ruler of Aquarius and its yang states the yang expression of Saturn um so this is going to be a season where we see ourselves taking action I think in ways that we've been waiting on for the last three years which is so powerful
0: (sighs) yeah I'm groaning just because uh you and I both and shout out to any fellow Saturn and Aquarians um yeah or Saturn Aquarians you know what I mean (laughs) just that we're coming out of our Saturn return. So those of you, if you look at your chart and you have Saturn and Aquarius, um, I think this is going to be a joyful season where we're really, uh, seeing the light and the challenge of the last three years. We're starting to see like the first Mm -hmm. glimmer of, um, the beauty and the bounty that's, that's ready to blossom. Yeah. Through our hard work and our discipline and, um, seem like seemingly never-ending limitations are now finally starting to give way.
1: Yeah, we've gone through so many lessons in the area where we have Aquarius in our birth chart. Holy. And so many planets moving past Saturn and and whatnot. Um so we're we're getting the opportunity to to experience a new moon in Aquarius, which we won't go too much into because we have a whole episode we're going to be doing um, a couple of weeks before the new moon for you guys. Um, but just to pull it up, we have the new moon in Aquarius um on the 21st, which is a Saturday. Saturn Day. On Saturn Day. Yeah. Uh real quick, babe, I'm so sorry. Just while this charges is up. Chart, go ahead.
0: Um, do you see what I see? Oh, you changed it. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's okay. Just the day. Um yeah what the day saturn i'm sorry not saturn the sun moves into aquarius i just think it's interesting like at that minute at that moment the moon is exactly conjunct uh mercury as well
1: yeah at the same degree that venus was oh no no venus was at eight degrees aquarius when it was training mars but still interesting it's that eight eight degree mars is at eight degrees yeah the moon and mercury
0: yeah, it's just interesting. It's like moon conjunct Mercury, uh, 12th house to where the sun is. So sun and Aquarius, moon not fully new yet. We're still building to that um, or dissipating to that, I should say. So yeah, it feels like uh, because it's 12th house to where the sun is, it feels like there might be um, some kind of like subconscious tenderness a little bit or just like something coming from the depths of our being and of our awareness that like bubbles up to be shared um very 12th house energies
1: mm-hmm. that's all just wanted yeah, to point moon conjunct out. Mercury, yes. very interesting observation so there's a new moon on saturday at 3 53 p.m um and this is the last new moon that we're going to have with saturn in aquarius with saturn conjunct venus um, And it is at the first degree of Aquarius. Um, And this new moon just feels really, really beautiful and special to me um, for society, for the world, um, for us to realize like what's most important in terms of our relationships and and the air in which we breathe and how we exchange information through this platform. So yeah, I don't wanna say too much about this. I want to um, kind of close out with this information. And um, yeah, just maybe do some tarot to jump back to the full moon in Capricorn. And yeah, we'll go live to talk about this new moon in Aquarius, maybe two or one week before um, this lunation. But if you want to be live with us, be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And also go to staralignment.com and join my mailing list because we'll give you guys some notice on when that's happening, but it usually is pretty spontaneous. Um, yeah, so and I'm just gonna get some, de- some decks. Cool. Um, I yeah, I that. just
0: wanna speak to the spontaneity. I just, um, I cherish in our friendship and our collaborations that like, we just know that's how you and I, we you and I both just work that way. So it works for us. And just speaking with all of this Aquarius energy, not to uh, be a broken record here, but um, for anyone listening, just like, Maybe that's how you roll, find people that like to work that way, or maybe that's not your style, but just like realizing these patterns about ourselves and rather than having shame for not being a certain way, it's just like, just find your, your people and your collaborators that, um, appreciate that
1: about you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's been a big thing is like some people like things a certain way and some people get a lot of comfort from like the flexibility. And I think you and I are definitely like on the side of loving flexibility and spontaneity and the Oracle from that process. Um,
0: The Oracle from that process, like not to say we don't plan because we do, it's just uh, rolling with the punches.
1: So the deck decided to split itself. This is um, the gods, goddess, and guardians Oracle deck. And this is, this kind of popped up while we were talking and this is the God of, uh, called Hod, and his message is to tell the truth, and I feel like that's that's what you and I try to do when we're live and we're with people. Like we just want to be really transparent about our process and what we know works, and we're not trying to put on a show to you know create this facade of um, we're, we're reliable or um, you can trust us. Like you can trust us because we simply just tell you the truth. <laughs> Trust me. Be, yeah. Trust us because we're fluid.
0: Trust us because yeah, we're, we're changeable, you know?
1: Yeah. So I'm going to mix this deck up a little bit and, um, kind of just pull a card for the full moon in Capricorn full moon in cancer and the end of Capricorn season that we're moving through. Uh, what kind of God guard goddess or guardian are we meant to connect with? I lost you for a second there, Lily, you're back.
0: Okay, good. You're back.
1: All right, so here she is. Isa. sacred contracts. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, this is what we're talking about in the beginning of the podcast and um, making sure the people that you're getting into relationship with are not just like a people-pleasing mirror, but instead someone that, or people or relationships, new beginnings that, Um, really are a deep reflection of who you are and what you want. Um, So I'm just going to pull the meaning for this. So rise into your power and and purpose. Heal the mother wound. Isis was worshipped in ancient Egypt for over 7,000 years. Her devotees were prevalent throughout both Greek and Roman occupations of Egypt and spread into the wider Mediterranean. She encompassed the magic power of all other deities and therefore was known as the Lady of Ten Thousand Names. Mm. Isis played a crucial, crucial role in spiritual as a spiritual teacher and mother to the great leaders of ancient Egyptian civilizations. Within the God, within Goddess spirituality, she is known to hold unique keys to sacred feminine power. Mary Magdalene was initiated in priestess magic under her polidage. Um, Total judge. Queen Isis regards guards our sacred contracts to the great goddess. She helps us rise uh, rise past, rise above past limitations to fulfill our soul's deepest role on earth. A transform a life-transforming process is underway. Deep from the underbelly of the great mother, a wake-up call is sounding. Hold out her golden unk symbol. Holding out her golden unk symbol. Queen Isis speaks to you. It is time to develop and share your deepest soul's gifts. You are activating sacred contracts to your divine mission on earth. These are spiritual agreements that reside in your consciousness. There are many ways to answer your contracts. If you are committed to healing from trauma, you'll be you'll be an inspiring example. If you choose to live from your inner truth, you'll make it possible for others to do the same. Your sacred contracts are rooted in whatever dream you most dream of being, doing, and giving. One thing is clear when you draw this card, you are expanding beyond all limited ideas of who you are and who and what you think you can do. I bring your leadership with your mother into a healing space, I'm sorry, I, I bring your relationship with your mother into a healing space and may guide you into therapy. Do not fear this process as it can bring karmic soul healing for your entire lineage and you'll feel free by being fully yourself. This is a message of love from your mother make a vision board to clarify what you what truly matters to you commit to your true purpose no matter what it takes invocation stop playing small and expand beyond previous limits mm-hmm. so Seems- powerful
0: like the mother womb specificity too like I know we talked a lot about that in the new moon episode with Capricorn um, but now, especially with the full moon, Capricorn and Cancer being mother
1: archetypes. Yeah, so. we didn't really mention that the 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 moon is symbolic of the of the great mother, and um, the birth chart of the world begins with the rising sign being Cancer. So the body of the world being feminine, being reflective of the moon, and the moon itself and its waxing and waning connects to all of our menstrual cycles and our ability to become pregnant and have different relationship with with Earth, um, so yeah, this is definitely mother, mother healing energy. And I think what we we're saying with um, Venus coming into Aquarius and conjunct Saturn for the last time, and we're approaching a new moon in Aquarius, um, and this big cycle that's coming to a close. I think that this card is really speaking to some of those invocations that we need to to, to face things that we need to just do. Like I know therapy, like with the studio that I'm opening, I'm opening it because I know that I need the healing that will come from it. So, you know, there's into, things in your life. Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry to cut you off. Um, just stepping into like like being a mama to your community. So beautiful.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So whatever it is that we're doing in the world, if we're making art, if we're recording music, if we're writing a book or you know, expanding in our businesses, we are fostering the growth of other people, no matter how that's happening. And it's going to be scary to put yourself out there. Um, but we ultimately, if we're doing the right thing, know that that work that we're doing is um, healing us and therefore healing others. So it's so interesting
0: too. Um, I just want to shout out my friend, Julie gave me this women's formula tincture, mm-hmm. which I've been drinking in my water, this, this whole podcast so that's pretty on time Mm -hmm. and I know uh Steph you and I were just talking about like as women paying attention to when our cycles like what moon phase we bleed with and how that that can shift um so for anyone that menstruates out there like just to pay attention to that too I think with all of this mother energy coming up
1: yeah I'm gonna let you do your oracle and I'm gonna just play with my runes and we'll do a rune too Great.
0: So I feel called to pull from um, the Sacred Rebels deck, which has art by Autumn Sky and um, words by Alana Fairchild. Pretty fitting talking about all the rebellious energy of Aquarius coming up.
1: Yeah, and this deck is by Sophie Bashford and the artwork is by Hilary Wilson. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Oh,
0: number 22. She feels she knows. Beautiful art, beautiful peacock feather. Mm -hmm. Peacock stay coming up. So, Mm -hmm. okay. 22. An illumination is erupting from within you as a vision that is bringing what was once obscured into clarity. I have to burp. Excuse me. This is not likely to happen as a blinding, shocking insight, but as more more of a softer, gentle knowing. It is like knowing something without understanding exactly when or how you came to know it. This insight will assist you and you are asked to honor it. You will know which insight it is at the right time. Your heart will tell you. You are therefore being asked to rely upon the clarity that is coming to you now or has just recently come gently but firmly from that place of knowing, intend to act and take your next steps forward. This is so perfect. This oracle comes to you with guidance, particularly about long range or long-term developments. Something that is far bigger than the immediate situation, issue or moment is of importance. Although you will only have a dim sense of that possibility at best. The situation you find yourself in right now may not be one of joy, but in time you will understand more of the bigger picture. You will come to see why things are happening as they are and how you are being helped onto the next stage of your path, even though it may look like an obstacle right now. You're being asked to think in terms of long-term happiness. Sometimes this warrants change or even temporary restrictions in the short term. Thank you for that, I felt that, (laughs) it was nice. If you can't see how the present can possibly become what you sense the future to be, this message is especially relevant through the natural process of transformation great leaps are indeed possible. You simply must be prepared to surrender into the process with absolute trust, absolute trust. This oracle brings you specific guidance the situations in your current life are particularly geared towards a more significant manifestation that is coming to you, according to your life path and purpose. This is a stage of preparation and of building a foundation that will hold you strong and centered to your, uh, sorry, strong and centered as your creative journey unfolds and your life path becomes ever more brilliant and luminous. So keep plugging away. Remain patient, but most of all, be hopeful and trust in the light you sense ahead of you for it is the light that is within you simply revealed more fully. All that is happening now is happening to that end. And then there's just like a little, I guess you could say mantra or affirmation here. Um, I feel the light of all that I am and will be unfolding from within me now. Yum. Mm. I just wanna show the artwork one more time. That's beautiful. That's beautiful
1: ah thank you for that um i got the rune known as Iwas and it's shaped like the letter m and i actually have this rune in my car and like you know hanging around my mirror Mm -hmm. and this is the rune called Ihuas, and it means trust forgiveness forgiveness and movement um in the Book of Runes by Ralph Baum, um, the Healing Runes book, there's two of them, but the Healing Runes um, gives you like this wheel where you can kind of like connect the rune to other runes on the wheel. So here's the Equas, and opposite Equas is it looks like um, gratitude. So if you're needing to forgive things in your life um forgive yourself um forgive people uh entering a vibration of gratitude is the fastest way to to be able to actually feel that energy of forgiveness because the forgiveness is really just this bitter energy um the square of forgiveness is honesty and and fear um so the fear is really what stops us from being willing to forgive because we're like afraid that that grudge that we're holding is protecting us, but it's really just um, making us a little bit more cold. So, if you're feeling fearful, you can just be honest with yourself about what it was that you saw that, you know, caused you to make a certain decision that you are now needing to forgive. Um, but yeah, just leaning into what you need to forgive right now as you step into this new year and knowing that um, movement. Is the fastest way to, to shed and to, to embody that forgiveness. Um and to trust the process of your movement and to trust that things will will be released and things will change. Um it, it can be really hard. It can it can seem like things are are fixed. I know for me as a fixed rising sign and a fixed sun, um, in my archetype, uh I, I definitely struggle with like just feeling like things are unchangeable and they are the way they are, and I don't have much power over it. but the truth is that we have a lot of power. Um, it's just that decision to to make the changes. Um, even for me as a woman, I will share the graphic news, the graphic um, um, personal note that like um, i I experience symptoms in my body that that leave me feeling um, unwell, and as an astrologer, as a naturopath, as someone that's been paid very close attention to my body and what's important, I just feel like I'm still not enough, and I can feel like the only option is just to quit <laughs> sometimes, it's like, ah, man, but um, that's just shadow, that's just fear, and that's just like not forgiving oneself for experiencing karma, Um, which is far beyond myself, it's far beyond me, you know, so if you're experiencing anything in your physical body that, you know, you just feel like there's no way out of it, there's, there's no changing it, it's, it's chronic, as we're told, Um, just know that it's, there's always a way to, to, to change um, what you're experiencing, it just requires dedication, commitment, um, and a lot of times just education too, so, Yeah, I hope that you feel empowered this year to hit your goals and to be as healthy as possible for you and and know that, you know, we're human beings and that when you go into community and you you reveal your ailments, you're also alleviating other people's fear around doing the same and resistance around admitting what it is that they are struggling with, you know? Because once we can admit what we're struggling with and then we allow resources to support us to come in. But yeah, if if we don't if we don't um, trust that process, if we shield ourselves with fear, um, it can be very isolating. So, yeah, we're human, and um, there's many forces that do work against us, which can be very discouraging. But um, that's part of the game that we're here playing. So, yeah, just keep going. You know, don't give up.
0: I think also just like eradicating shame around illness like uh, or dis-ease like it's not a punishment it's just some you know like you're saying like we we can of course take accountability and do things to heal it but sometimes like we're not perfect we can't just fix everything overnight so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
1: All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this two hour long intensive. Um, We didn't talk a lot about the new year, but I do want to say that um, we'll be here every two weeks and we do give like a bit of like clarity around what's going, what's coming. Um, I'm also going to be hosting a new year's, um, like a year overview event on Sunday, the 22nd of January. that is the day after the Aquarius new moon. The moon will be in Aquarius in its new phase. Um, Venus and Saturn will be conjunct in Aquarius. Alula Rose will probably be here in person as well, which is really exciting. Um, And I'm going to be just guiding us through the next 12 months and what's going to be happening um, in person. My my goal is to really um, experience more in-person opportunities for myself and for those that can join me. And I will probably do an online version just because there's gonna be so much research that's gonna be done to prepare for that year ahead forecast. Um, But if you can join us live, um, there's only room for 12 people in this room. Registration is gonna be opening probably sometime next week. So join my mailing list and stay tuned on my website. Um, If you'd like to come and join us in person, um, the cost is really really, um, accessible, I think and uh, you can meet Alula and I in person. I'll also be doing um, a discount if you do um, join us for that New Year's event for readings, and um, yeah, that's pretty much all I wanted to say in regards to that. I'm also launching my um, Sacred Rhythm course that I began in 2019, but I'm just going to call it Learn Astrology, the Language of the Stars, and it's going to be in person um, twice a week. We're going to meet um, Wednesday, no, Tuesday, Thursday, no, Tuesday, Friday, Thursday, Sundays. Um, so if you're local and you want to learn astrology with me in person, I've also made that very affordable compared to some of the online options that we currently have available. And I'm thinking in March, it will be available online. I do just want to do two cohorts of 12 people in each cohort. So about 24 people will go through in person and then we'll we'll get it online but my my priority is just to connect with people in person and um yeah just really look people in the eye and sit next to them and use books and connect so um alula plans on maybe coming up here too and hosting workshops with me so i know that many of you do not live local to rhode island but if you want to come plan a travel a trip um and come see us, stay tuned. And we'd love to connect in person and have some real memorable times together. Yeah. Yeah. To <laughs> to close with my love. Oh,
0: I don't really have any news. Uh, just, yeah. I just want to send new year blessings to everyone Um, I guess, yeah, I guess a little bit, we can just say, um, numerologically 2023 is a seven year, which is Venus, which is, um, it's also the seventh body, which is the radiant body. Um, so I'm just, I just want to put like prosperous blessings out to everyone and that this is a year to really, um, I think as we talked about a lot with this full moon and everything too, um, just like letting letting our authentic radiance shine, stripping away any fear. Like we will never be radiant as anything but ourselves. So um, just trusting that.
1: Beautiful. Um, you had me think of something. Um, I wanted to say that if you wanna support this podcast, please um, subscribe on YouTube, share on Instagram or any platform that you use, and um, leave us a review on iTunes. Um, Those five-star reviews are super, super helpful for the algorithm. As we know, we are controlled by the robots. And um, there's a poll on Spotify if you want to let us know by commenting on Spotify, how this episode resonated with you, and also comment on YouTube, all these things really help, and if you want a reading with either of us, please reach out on Instagram, or head over to starryalignment.com, or you can book with me directly, so yeah, we love you all, and we really appreciate the time we've spent, and uh, wish you a happy new year, and happy full moon in